0: Welcome to the Mythic Life Podcast. In this podcast, we will be exploring creative and alternative lifestyles with guests who are finding their own paths through careers as healers, artists, entrepreneurs, and teachers, along with exploring topics in the personal development space and developing intuition and metaphysical gifts. Get ready to walk away feeling inspired with some tools that lead a more epic life. I'm your host, Eric Brummett, and joining me today is Daniel Tuttle, the Provocative Intuitive. Today we are exploring what else is possible. How do we explore the unknown and follow the universe's guidance? A mythic life is free from the constraints of old stereotypes, led by the adventurous soul that is striving for joy, fulfillment of purpose, and the quest for higher growth and connection. A person who believes there is more than meets the eye, that pursues personal development, alternative medicine, lifestyles that are wanting to break free from the societal norms and explore their mystical abilities. There is greatness within everyone and a soul desiring for joy. So, Daniel Tuttle. Oh, my. Yes, sir. My dear, dear. Lovely person. I absolutely adore you and um, am so excited to have you here with us today. And for all of our listeners, Daniel Tuttle, aka the provocative intuitive, is an undeclared limitless free being. Yes, exactly. You know, I was just asking you, how would you like me to introduce you? And you're like, uh-huh. I don't want to be labeled. This place of freedom, you totally. know, like what, yeah. what, where is this oriz- originating for you? Where, where does this resonate?
1: Well, first of all, Eric, I want to really acknowledge you as such a source of uh, inspiration for me on my mythic life journey. You know, many, many years ago, right at this point, I think it's like seven years that we met. You were really one of those people that really held my hand and said, hey, you know, there is magic out there, and it's not just in your imagination. The world and the reality that you can live in is truly, truly magical. And um, and in many, many ways, you set me free from the limitations of what I thought was possible and said, hey, you know, what about this and what about that? And so I am so freaking excited to be here with you on your podcast, sharing this magic with the world. And when you ask me what I wanted to be introduced as, and and you know, for sure, you know, this there's a there's a long list of credits that I have, accomplishments, certifications, and all of that. And and I love every single one of them. One thing that I have started to recognize and realize is once I began to say, Oh, I do this or I do that, I am an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator, I am a Theta Healing instructor, I am this, I am that, then all of a sudden everything else kind of Goes away. It's like, what about the rest of me? You know, I am how I show up in, in, in this reality, in this world, in my life, for my students, for my clients, for my patients, my teachers, for, for everything is all of me, you know, and, and I've been asking the universe to allow me to step into that knowing a lot greater, you know, the reasoning and justification of what this reality wants to create, wants us to, to be in order to fit in. It's just, it's an old version of me that I think that um, I'd like to outcreate. Yeah. I was doing some writing
0: the other day. This is um, reminding me of how on this journey of life, we do have at first that inspiration, that calling or that need for development, for growth. And we'll seek out, we'll seek out a healer. We'll seek out a teacher we'll seek out a technique or modality that gives us the structure, the framework for growth. And we follow that guidance and follow the path that somebody else has laid down and then go into practice, you know, and and when I would do martial arts, like you would learn form, you would learn a technique and then you would practice it. And then you would apply it. You would get into groups and you would spar, you'd, do your thing. And then you would start to really get it into muscle memory to where you don't have to think of the movements. You just did the movements, but then to take that next step was to teach it to others. And if you can convey it and have others follow the form, then you really have fully integrated it into self. But there is that last step towards not with ego, but with more of a selflessness and humbleness uh, mastery, which is to dissolve the structure, to unlearn. Exactly. Watching this journey that you have gone on, Daniel, I remember meeting you and you have always shined so brightly. I've met very few people that had such a space that can just emit kindness and light and positivity that it just being in your aura just makes it it just feels good and and yet there's that place of still not really lighting up yourself there's always that little hidden like pain that sorrow that behind the curtains that support to others shining and um you know, as you came through and took courses, and then found your own path, and then finally launched your your practice and came into service, it just was like this roar, You know, like <laughs> yeah. Here is Daniel on the scene, like just reading your your stories of your travels around the world and that courageousness and bravery that you've had of really embracing the adventure of life, you know? So I'm I'm so excited to really explore what that journey has been for you because where we are now is not always where we've been. And exactly, what really sparked that for you? What lit up this hero's journey for you?
1: You know, as you so beautifully, first of all, thank you for all those kind words and I received them. And there was a point in my life where it was hard for me to receive that kind of love and that kind of kindness um, coming back at me and that's something that I recognized and realized was a, a, a huge component that was missing from my life was the ability to receive you know I would go out there and as you said so effortlessly and easily work with others and contribute to others and make people grow into their potential and do their own things and something I recognized and realized was that it was equally as important for me to work on myself and not only to work on myself but to have the ability to walk the talk you know it's one thing to be a teacher it's another thing to be uh, a practitioner to have your service but what happens when there's a disconnect between who you really be and what you're what you want to share with others and i noticed that disconnect right away i think i think one of the first things i said to you when we started working together is i was so afraid of being a fraud you know, It's something that also comes up a lot when we take, let's say, when we decide we want to go on this path of, of stepping into the hero's journey and, and living a life of service, let's say, as a healer or a practitioner or a teacher. I was really terrified of being a fraud. And I worked really hard on that with your help, of course, and with all of the masters that I've had the ability to work with. And working on myself through that energy and And really testing myself, testing myself and, and seeing that, you know, there's a reason that I've been awakened to this path. There's a reason that I've been placed here. And whether it's in this lifetime or lifetime's past or the accumulation of all, I created this. Right? So if I created this, man, am I a powerful individual? Am I a powerful being? If I created this, then I can also outcreate the point of view that I'm a fraud. You know, my reality Mm -hmm. is different from everybody else's. And so I think for me, that was the beginning of stepping into this and saying, hey, you know what? I can do anything I want, Eric. Absolutely anything I want. I can create any reality that I want. And it began with me looking in my environment and saying, you know what? These things are not working for me. That's not working for me, and this is not working for me, and that's not working for me, and saying, hey, you know what? Wow, I have the ability to change it. And one of those virtues that I begged for, I remember in our first seven planes of existence class, the Theta Healing Course, I begged for the virtue of courage. I just begged for it. And I thought I had courage. However, you know, it was revealed to me that courage comes in many different shades, and it was just time for me to step into a different shade of courage. And I think once I invited that energy in, then I was able to create something that uh, was truly, I truly, I sit in front of you today and I can tell you that I live truly the life of my dreams. You know, I recognize that. I, I mean, I'm so humbled by it. You know, obviously it makes me really emotional to acknowledge it. But I, I, I have to say there have been many places in my life and times in my life that I didn't think it was possible. Now, not only do I know it's possible, but... Every day I wake up with the choice of creating it. And that dream, there's always that term, like,
0: I have to pinch myself to see if if it's real or not. Like, even with where things are, there can still be having to stay true to it. Mm -hmm. That it's not like there's like an awakening and then that's just it. Yeah, It doesn't all of a sudden just go into this, everything's comfortable if anything's possible. Like there's still this continued growth, you know, like you're traveling the world, you're teaching internationally, you have relocated to Mexico, you're with your love, like all these beautiful things have manifested and you don't just sit in it. There's, there's like this term, right? This, what else is possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know when I first started hearing that term and watching people post it online, like it honestly annoyed the hell out of me. It kind of like bugged me because I didn't understand (laughs) it. Yeah. And I'd love for you to share what that term
1: means. Like, how does it support you continuing to move forward? awesome question. Thank you for asking it. So, you know, in Access Consciousness, one of the things that Gary Douglas, founder of Access Consciousness, has kind of shared and revealed to us is the power of just asking questions. And the power of asking questions without having to have an answer. Okay? Mm -hmm. When we're engaging energetically with the universe and we're truly in question, without a point of view of how the question is going to be answered if we stay in that space of being open, then anything is truly, truly possible. If we allow the universe, if we allow that energy to gift to us, it's not, I'm gonna say nine times out of 10, far greater than we could possibly imagine. So when we are engaged in those questions, particularly what else is possible, what else is possible is like, how many times, I'll I'll use myself as a reference, how many times in my life have I just been so grateful and we've been so grateful that we go, wow, I'm so grateful. And and it's a point in which you stay the same. You say, wow, maybe you even go into a conclusion of, I can't believe I live this life. I can't believe this is happening to me. How lucky am I? All of those are energies you're putting out into the universe, right? And once you do that, you've decided that that's all you can receive. And so if you've decided that all you can receive is the life that you're living, no matter how great it is, then that's all you're gonna get. And what else is possible is a question that for me says, wow, you know what? Right here, right now in these 10 seconds, this is incredible. And what else does the universe want to contribute to me? What else does the universe want to gift to me? Who does the universe want me to meet? Where can I go? As Marianne Williams says so beautifully in one of her books, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? It's an invitation for greater. Yeah. You know, th- this holiday season, usually
0: I do a, a tradition of setting a manifestation for the year. Uh huh. And you hear all these different manifesting techniques and all this stuff. And it's in and, and Theta healing, a real focus. So totally. It dawned on me this last fall, this last like November, December, that I'm going to stop manifesting. I, all of a sudden just had this thing of like no i am going to allow for the universe to guide me into experience beautiful to like really have a faith that a higher consciousness actually is guiding me that i can trust that level of myself and you know in certain techniques that's very contradictory of like mm-hmm. well you know, I, I remember being in classes and Vienna would say, don't go with the flow. That's what dead fish do. But that's because the technique of theta healing is really focused on reprogramming the subconscious and giving direction to energy. And yet it takes a lot of skill to be able to do that without becoming congested by ego. Mm-hmm. Or attached, right? Or attached to the outcomes. How have you navigated that balance? Because it's such a paradox of
1: like creating and allowing. Yeah. So I think that the key component here, Eric, is the ask, right? To be engaged in the universe with the ask is to be in the question. What lights me up right now? If I look in my life and I look at the things that light me up, as you know, traveling is a great, great joy to me, no matter what. There's a thrill that happens to me when I go to the airport and I get on a plane and I go to someplace, whether I've been there or I haven't been there before, there's this thrill. So what, what, how I quote unquote manifest now is actually, I call it actualization. The way I actualize that is I say, uh, what would it take for me to have more of this in my life? What would it take for me to experience more of this magic, more of this adventure, more of this possibility? And that for me becomes the ask Right, so it's not an ask like we used to. Let's say, like many traditions talk about in terms of manifesting. Like, I'm going to make my list. I'm going to do this. I'm going to create this. I'm going to create that. Instead, it's a different. It's a it's a different way of actualizing what you want to show up. It's simply by inviting greater to come into your life. So even if it's something like, for example, um, I remember when I moved here to Mexico City. We first came in an Airbnb um, that I found online, which was really beautiful. And we went and we moved into this Airbnb and we stayed there for a month and we really, really liked it. But right next door going up was the largest luxury luxury building in all of Latin America. And I was like, I would walk by that building every day and I would, I would just feel this energy. I, there was something that really drew me to it. And ironically, it's called Mitica, which also means mythic by the way, or mystical. (laughs) So I would walk by this building every day while it was being built. It was almost done. And I'd walk by it. And all of a sudden, I felt my energy just being pulled to it. And I felt my energy being pulled to it. And I was like, wow, I wonder what it would be like for me to walk through that door every day as to claim this as my home. I wonder what that would feel like. Instead of deciding what it would feel like, I just asked, I wonder what that would feel like. And it felt really good. So I kept inviting those energies in. And then I, I saw that there was a, a sales office. I walked into the sales office. And I said, Could I see some of these buildings, some of these condos? You know, in this reality, I, in a previous version of myself, I would have said, Oh, I can't afford that. What's the point of looking? But I didn't. I said, I'd like to play with that energy. And so she showed me some properties. And I was like, Wow, this is really, really beautiful. And instead of going to the conclusion of how I'm going to do it, or what it's going to take for me to live there. I just asked the place. I asked the building. I said, building, you know what? Would you like me to contribute energy to you? Would you like me to live here? Would you like to play with me? Would you like to have fun with me? And Eric, I kid you not, six months later, I uh, an opportunity arose and I now live in the building, right? And so it's following an awareness. It's like, wow, what would be fun for me? what would be fun for me? You know, one of my mottos, it's actually on my new business card is what if the purpose of life was just to have fun? So (laughs) if I follow fun, fun follows me, right? If I'm in the energy of fun, fun follows me. And in that lightness, anything I want can actualize. Anything I want far greater than what I've perceived that I want can actualize. So you're right. It's, it's for, for me, it's not about creating the the decisions, the lists that say, okay, this is what I have to do. Now, do I do it? Yes, I do because I'm a Virgo and a Virgo, uh, use of good Virgo in energy is to make lists and to have an idea of what it is that you're asking for. I do. I just propose it in a different way. I look at my lists and I lists and I go, how about all of this? What would that contribute to my life? And nine times out of 10, I find out my, find out, find myself saying, ah, you know, maybe this, maybe that, maybe not this, maybe not that, you know, and it becomes even greater. Even greater than I could ask for. So on the other scale of that, you know, so
0: often people run into struggle, lack, limitation, misery, sorrow. What is the way you best support people waking up to this light? I love that question.
1: And I always like to simplify it for people and to look at exactly what it is that they're putting out into the universe. What is it exactly that you're putting out into the universe? And if you, if you can actually empower them by almost turning a mirror to them and saying, okay, listen, listen to what you're asking for. You're saying, I would like to have this, but. If there's a but anywhere in your ask, then what you're going to get is the but. You're not going to get what it is you're asking for. You're going to get the but. And so, do you really want that, or would you like to switch switch the energy to invite greater in by saying, okay, yeah. you know, this is that what is truly possible? You know, a lot of us, a lot of people, find themselves taking on the points of views of lack based upon a lot of generational beliefs, a lot of cultural beliefs, a lot of societal beliefs, and they have this perception that it protects them. And so if you invite somebody to a greater possibility and you say, hey, look, so what if that wasn't true for you? All this point of view you have about not being able to have this, or you can't have this, or you can't have that. But what if it was true? What if it was possible? When people go into the what if, they usually do a what if down. And so I say, okay, so what if up, right? What if I don't get that job? Well, what if you do get that job? What would that feel like? And they go, oh, wow that could be kind of fun. And then they say, what if it's not enough money that they're offering me? And I say, well, what if it is? What if it's more than you could ask for? What if that happened? Oh, wow. So it's shifting the vibration in a space that is not, let's say, what if down or what if impossible into what is possible. That is, again, here we go talking about the question, like what is truly possible? Yeah. It's a great,
0: great practice bringing in that level of light and and possibility and optimism in my Scorpio nature of Mm -hmm. keeping the dark mixed in. Of course. What is the difference between that and what people refer to as spiritual bypassing? Great
1: question. Great question. So I'm going to ask, I would, I would ask like, let's say that you are a client of mine or somebody that I was asking. What I would actually say is, well, what do you truly know, Eric? What do you truly know about spiritual bypassing? What have you bought is real and true for you? I love that reflection. And what I've
0: learned from the, the term spiritual bypassing is a fake optimism that is overriding that more grit experience of darker and heavier emotion and Mm -hmm. not embracing a huge range of life experiences and i i think where i'm curious is like is there an approach of actually having appreciation and acceptance to the difficulty and actually going not what is possible but like how great is this experience you totally. get to actually be in this challenge
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's beautiful in order to help people transition to the optimism like is there exactly a kind of process there that because like you have these different yeah. techniques that you've blended that in many ways have not contradiction but a very different approach you know one mm-hmm. is like digging into negative limiting belief systems in the past of manifestation of the past right in the subconscious yeah. and how the subconscious is like so overpowering of the consciousness right that's like the theta healing approach and then there's this other approach with access consciousness that is like actually more on the conscious side of like what are you putting out you're going to experience more of and the
1: universe is constantly going to feed you your own light. I love that question because that, that is definitely something that comes up a lot, especially when I, I like to introduce all of my students or all of my clients to everything. You know, I like to bring it all together and this is a very common question. And the thing is you so beautifully illustrated that question of light and heavy. And when we go through challenges, sometimes they can feel heavy and, one of the tools of Access Consciousness that has been such a huge contribution into my into my life is we like to steer away from the energy of good or bad or right or wrong, okay? Because that makes it a judgment. That makes it something that we lock ourselves into. And whenever we hear the word challenge, challenge is usually something that feels heavy, okay? And so if we approach something, if we have a challenge in our life, what if we acknowledged our ability, our powerful ability to have been a source of the creation of that challenge and say, okay, I acknowledge this as a challenge. How did I create this? Right? And feel into the energy of what that challenge is. Is it light or is it heavy? And in access, we say that what is light is true for you and what is heavy is a lie. We all live in different experiences. So to call something good or bad or right or wrong is a point of view. But if I call something light or if I call something heavy, the difference is, is that energy actually allows me to follow the lightness of what it is. I want to follow the lightness because the lightness is the truth. So if I approach a challenge and say, "Um, did I create this and it feels light, I can ask, what else could I create? What else could I choose through this challenge that would make this light for me? Right? And then again, that question invites the universe to say, okay, well, there is another choice that you have here. And if you take that choice, you have this possibility and this opportunity. And circling back in, you know, our different backgrounds and, and modalities that we do have, remember, you know, our subconscious is creating our reality, whether it's from this mm. lifetime or lifetime's past. So if things show up in your reality, you can say, wow, what the heck did I do to create this? Um, what else could I create? And then, you know, if you feel inclined or if it feels um, like a source of healing for you, then for sure, dig on those beliefs, find where they began, uproot them, you know, clear them, give yourself downloads, all those things that we know from Theta Healing. You can also just ask a question to pull yourself out of it and say, okay, you know, what could, again, what could I choose here that would be fun for me? And what if we actually had the invitation to see all of those things that we have labeled as challenges, as so freaking fun, right? So that there's no resistance because the resistance is what creates the persistence. So if I resist the challenges, is if I make them dramatic, if I make them problems, then what I'm saying is I like problems. I like drama. I like that. And so it chases after us. And there's no judgment whether you like that or not. I love drama, by the way. I was an actor for 30 years. I get it. But I want to have fun with the drama. I don't want it to control me and make my life miserable. So if drama pops up in my life, I say, oh, wow, what would be fun here? How could I actually make this work for me? Wow. Oh, man, that's... It's jam-packed, I know. Oh, (laughs)
0: fantastic. I'm just sitting with that. I'm really digesting it as, you know, one thing that I really, really loved in that is how you said, is this light? Is this heavy? And then went to, if it's a heavy, it's a lie. And that is such a refresh button of, you know, that major Buddhist message from Siddhartha of that sorrow is an illusion, that it doesn't exist. It's such a great way of bringing that deep traditional truth to this more modern, refreshed practice. Correct. We don't have to sit in the sorrow and misery to realize it's an illusion in this old tradition. And and this is the thing of like how these truths have been with us forever. Mm -hmm. It has come through master after master that was channeled to what development was needed in that era. And we are in such an incredible era right now where we really are. We really are. These old truths really have come through with incredible teachers that have hit this refresh Mm -hmm. button to, to the message. Correct. And as much as I do admire and appreciate the beauty and traditions of religions and their teachers, this is part of the mythic life, they they could use that refreshment, Correct. renewal, and uh, be brought forward into a new way to metabolize and practice it in how fast energy is moving.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you met me, actually, Eric, when you met me, I was quite religious. Like, If I look back at it now, I can see that. I can see that in that space. A lot of that stuff that I was choosing was because I needed some kind of structure, right? I was asking for some kind of structure to lock me in, to keep me limited, because I perceived that that's what was going to connect me to all that is. And the truth is, is, you know, after I really started to ask deeper, deeper questions, then I started to see that, you know what, Um, I'm the one, I'm the one. I'm the one who creates my reality. So if I'm truly the one that creates my reality, what point of view do I have that says that I need to have this kind of limitation, if you will? Of course, I'm, I'm, am this is my experience. I want to, Make sure that the audience knows I'm I'm not making anything right or wrong. I'm not making your spiritual practice or your spiritual choice right or wrong. It's what works for you. It's what is light for you that is true for you. And there became a point in that process where that path was not light for me anymore. And in that path of recognizing that that path was not light for me anymore, I started to see everywhere I had actually blocked off my receiving, right? And when I had blocked off my receiving... I realized that the universe was willing to give me so much more if I was able to open up. So yes, you know, yeah. those those religions that we have, those religions that we have, I do believe that the source of many of them is pure light, is true, true connection to the creator and to all that is. And um, what if we could change all that? What if yeah. we could inspire people to see their connection to that energy all the time in every way? And it's just... It's just acknowledging, you know, there's nothing you, there's nothing we have to do. There's nothing we have to be. There's no ritual we have to go through to, to be connected to all that is. We just already are, you know, and that's what I would like to also, I'd like to kind of share that with everybody and, and remind, as we share, as you know, as we teach, we remind ourselves. And so I remind myself also in this space too, Hey, you know what? You're a part of all that is There's nothing you have to do. Just acknowledge it.
0: I know a, a dear friend and student of mine, she needed to um, really step outside of of the structure of her religion and to seek out the sense of freedom. You know, she mm-hmm. grew up in a traditional Muslim family and, and culture and country and, and um, as a woman felt the real need to um, have to break free of the sense of religion to really have the sense of self-empowerment. And she did find that yet what she found was a life that actually was feeling very alone and quite miserable. And it was actually by completing that journey of finding herself that she was able to with some healing and some sessions and support find a true deep calling and then actually found community connected to an aspect of her religion that was so fulfilling but it was because of where she had to get to to be able to embrace so it's it's about relationship in this way too like the idea of heavy and light of is your freedom light or is it creating its own struggle what relationship with the universe is going to be possible of what is going to be fun be
1: light yeah have its diversity have its experience i love that yeah yeah exactly and how beautiful in this person's story she um I always say, you know, sometimes you have to step outside of the box to see what's actually inside the box, right? And to step outside of that box that whatever she had been put in or she people put herself in or whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. She stepped out of the box and she saw, wow, there were actually aspects of that box I really liked. You know what I mean? And there are aspects that I would like to um, integrate into a different form and a different possibility now. And I love that because again, it again, it's not about making anything wrong. It's not about making anything wrong or right. It's about saying, "Wow, you know, what is my journey? You know, what is my journey? What is my mythic journey? What is my what is my path?" And as we know, well, do we know? I don't know. It's an interesting point <laughs> of view that we know what the purpose is is of why you're here. I mean, I choose to to perceive that it's expansiveness you know, and expanding even greater and greater into my knowing of of who I be and where I come from and, and how I can contribute that to the world. But even that seems restrictive. It feels like, oh, you know, it's that old, I have, I love Buddhism so much and I have so many attachments, <laughs> interesting point of view. I have so many reflections from previous lifetimes about being a Buddhist that oftentimes I find myself chasing enlightenment as, as the structure of what Buddhism is and now I know that enlightenment. I call enlightenment, even if you use the word, the, the word light exists within enlightenment, right? If now enlightenment is just following for me what is true for me, you know? So I know that I'm living an enlightened life if I'm following the lightness of what is true for me. That's the journey for me. The journey for me is is, is following that lightness and recognizing that. Enlightenment is not something that is so far away that we will never achieve. That is impossible, but something that I could choose right now, you
0: know? Now, as an exploration that supports the light, the -hmm. lightness, because we still also have our connections, our attachments, our social surroundings, you know? And this is something that I've always embraced from Mark Anthony in the wealth consciousness class of internal and external boundaries. Correct. How are you expansive and connecting yet not becoming saturated by the heaviness of others and their perspectives? Like, how do you have conversations with people and not have every one of them turn into a combative debate?
1: Yeah, it's great. I love that you brought that up because this is something I've I've been inviting a lot greater into my life, right? I, I think probably most of our listeners here today are have chosen to hear and chosen to be here, to, chosen to listen to this podcast, because they're probably, you know, energetic, empathic beings of light who are constantly picking up other people's energy and making it our own. And what happens is a lot of us go into the resistance and the reaction of that. We go to, oh, no, why am I doing this? One of the things that I've also learned is what if we just expanded through it instead of creating that boundary or that layer that says, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. I'm not doing this. I'm protecting myself. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And that's already um, a boundary I perceive as kind of like a wall that says I'm not, I'm unwilling to receive that. And I've found in my practice, especially at my individual practice and my private practices, you know, we get a lot of. Interesting energies that come in to work with us, and sometimes I used to go into a space of like, no, I have to keep my boundary up. I don't want to take that energy on. And now what I've learned is to expand through it. Right? Mm-hmm. If we are all just atoms and molecules, it's like you know dissolving energy. It's dissolving energy. And what I've also resist recognized that boundaries often create resistance, and i.e. resistance creates persistence. So I I found again in my practice that the more I built boundaries, the more there were reasons for boundaries. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, I'm building a boundary here. I can't stand that. And then those energies or those people would just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. You know? Mm. Instead, what I do now is I just expand through those places that I perceive that I needed those limitations, right? That those boundaries needed to go up. I expand through them. And what's so beautiful is it's like it's like turning on the light in a dark room. You know, remember remember the days when we used to go, well, I don't know about you, but I used to have days when I used to go clubbing literally for 16 hours. And and all of a sudden it would be the end of the night and everybody looks so great in the dark. You know, everybody's dancing and the lights are flashing and they're glimmering and they look hot and they look sexy and you know, the girls look so chic and whatever. And then all of a sudden the lights come on and the lights come on and all, you see that they, the mascara is really down to their tits And nobody can walk in their shoes and everything is a mess and everybody's sweaty and gross. And you go, oh, my God, two minutes ago, I thought this was the most beautiful scenario in the world. And now that the light is on, I can see, wow, there's choices here that I wouldn't make now that I have the light on in my life. You know what I mean? And so (laughs) I perceive that the energy of expansion is also the energy of kind of like flipping on that light. It's like seeing the truth, if you will, like, wow okay, so this energy is really, it's, let's just drown it out. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: You know, turning on the light, it's such a great metaphor in that way that really shows and reveals and reflecting back to what you shared before of the heaviness is a lie. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to establish that boundary and set this like internal messaging that kind of like has you on retreat from the conversation. Mm-hmm. Actually, how can we perceive even the other person's opinion as light? Speak to their light, hear from their light. Is, yeah. is there any specific tools or mindset pieces that you navigate in that way? Like, how do you really empower this mindset for yourself in engagement. Right.
1: Great. Great. Also, awesome question. So take that exact scenario that you created. I'm putting myself in the position of the practitioner here, right? And then the, some somebody comes in with that energy or or it could be social too, but for the sake of this conversation, let's make it about, you know, a client who comes to you and they come to you and they bring all of that. And, and that's where my mind goes exactly what you said the first thing i do eric i've learned to acknowledge that all of that is just a judgment right it's a judgment even if it's energy that i'm perceiving that's heavy a lot of times that perception of heavy energy turns into judgment and i create wrongness around what that is so immediately if god willing sometimes it's not always so easy if i can actually take that second to pause and say okay am i in full allowance of this individual or am i in complete judgment of them and what is going to create more for them in their in this space of healing you know and mm-hmm. to be honest with you i've been in that space where i've said you know so nice to meet you it's wonderful to have you here i have somebody else i'd like to refer you to because i think that it would create more for you to be willing to see that maybe it's not your responsibility to help them maybe it's not your responsibility to bring anything to them maybe they're not ready to hear what you have to share with them yeah. you know and being cool with being cool with your ego and saying you know i i respect you i respect where you're at and you know let's choose something that's light for both of us sometimes that's the hardest thing you know having that's what i would call a boundary actually now that you mention it having a, an energy that you can see greater for an individual and empowering them to choose it
0: yeah and What I've seen for a lot of people that embrace this path, what you end up attracting is a lot of people that hold light, that hold more similar mindsets and pathways in life so that it's okay to allow and let people go and redirect them and support them in other ways rather than taking them in and having to metabolize their illusions. Exactly. And, you know, at first that takes some practice and as mm-hmm. you move through it, you know, it, it can become something else. Correct. Now, that being said, I do have a couple of teenagers. It's not like I can move my kids out because they're going through their adolescent misery. Right. So for me, it's been a big journey because it's always something I've embraced and actually never struggled with when I'm teaching or when I'm in session. It's something I've navigated in social dynamics of finding ways to connect with people where we have positive mindsets mm-hmm. and have passion. Right. Instead of talking about politics, I'll talk about nature with somebody, you know, like exactly. I I want to explore where there's a connection and bonding of light. And an opening. Yeah. And I've come to a place of actually looking to embrace and appreciate the illusion too, Mm -hmm. that when other people are choosing to be in heaviness, that it's okay. And that like, I can hold light for them in that way without it diminishing. So, you know, it's something where on our path of growth, Certain places it's gonna be easier to bring this in, and then other places it's gonna take more practice. And you know, that's the beauty of this diversity of life, right? Like absolutely we have so many different dynamics and relationships with our connection with all that is, and it's a constant awakening to that.
1: You mentioned something too, I think a lot of we we hear this phrase holding space a lot. Mm. and in our journey we say oh you know you you hear people say I'm gonna hold space for you I'm gonna do do something but what does that really really mean what does it truly mean to hold space for someone in my awareness it's being in allowance and just not judging them you know and saying you know I'm I'm holding this space for you for us for all that is and whatever journey it is that you're on, whatever it is that you're going through, I acknowledge that we're here together, co-creating something. And I would like to remain open to whatever that is and to exploring what that is. And sometimes people are not open to it, especially oftentimes teenagers, especially I've worked with a lot of, I have a lot of teenagers in my practice. And a lot of times you suggest something to them and they're like, no freaking way, you know? And you're like, okay, cool. You're not there. So what else is possible, right? And I think empowering someone to have their own journey, instead of us having to force our journey on them, because we have this (laughs) egoic self-righteousness that we know better, (laughs) (laughs) that we've been there and that we can change them. I think it's also important for us to kind of take a step back and say, where is this person at? What can they receive from me? What can they receive from our relationship? How can we co-create together so there is greater ease for them or greater ease for me? Yeah. As I've been exploring this
0: concept of mythic life and being a pathfinder, you know, I was mentioning in another episode that when we have a teacher and are following in their footsteps, then we're stepping in their manifestations we experience through their experiences. I was also listening to another podcast about compassion and they were saying how there's a distant enemy of compassion and a close enemy of compassion in different ways. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that one close enemy is oneness. As you were just saying, I've been there. And that's one thing I've been exploring is that it really is omnipath. That as much as I can go, I experienced that experience. I haven't. Correct. It's all unique. It feels similar. And that's an illusion within itself. I have not felt the same depression as my teenager, even though I was depressed as a teen.
1: Exactly, Eric. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I mean, there's 7.8 billion people in the world, Right. And so there's 7.8 billion different realities that are happening simultaneously. There are no two individuals who are having the exact same experience. They're just not, Yeah. you know what I mean? And what if we actually acknowledge that and ask instead, well, what could that be a contribution to me? You know, I wonder, I've learned so much from the teenagers I work with. And I have to tell you that they've become the greatest teachers for me Mm -hmm. because I receive from them in a way I receive from them in a way that allows me to then extrapolate energy that I can contribute to other areas of not only my life but in lives of of my other clients or my students or whatever I'm doing oftentimes when we're in that resistance we can't extrapolate we can't receive the opportunities we can't receive the contribution we can't receive what if we could receive you know what if we could be in that space and also acknowledge too, how am I creating this? <laughs> yeah. How am I creating this? Oh, interesting, interesting point of view. I have. So for me, where I am getting a lot of growth and, and this
0: is a, a huge reminder. Yeah. Is what else is possible for me as a as a dad, right? Yeah. Like Correct. I have kids at different ages and getting to experience that diversity of mm-hmm. relationship. You know, every day I'm a little bit older, every day, each of my kids is a little bit older and there's such a diversity there. Absolutely. So in that, the constant reflection is what else is possible for me as a dad in the way of what, what is going to be light in experience of the kids? Beautiful question. Rather than like yeah. going into heaviness and complaint. Cause that's one place I've been facing the, the most amount of need of growth mm-hmm. is and in, in parenting. Mm-hmm. you know, there's so many other places in life. I'm like, awesome. I got that. You know, like, yeah, I really appreciate that. I want to thank you for, for that
1: reminder and, and, uh, stimulation. And also, Eric, I, I just like to invite, what if you didn't judge yourself? You know, oftentimes, you know, you said something so powerful. You said in so many areas of my life, everything works out great. And then I get into fatherhood and I'm like, damn, what am I doing wrong here? What if you weren't doing anything wrong, right? Yeah. What if it was just the actualization of everything that they needed to go through and they chose you, they choose us, they choose us, they choose us to be their, their guides and their parents and their teachers because maybe we have the ability to simply have compassion for them that nobody else would. That really feels like it invites fun and in. Doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And, you know, just to share with our audience, a lot of the work that I've been doing over the last 10 years, you know, I've been in practice for 23 years now. And the last 10 years has mostly been supporting healers. Yeah, it's true. Not people outside of a practice. And at one point, I even kind of coined a phrase like, oh, I'm I'm healing the healers, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Even on our path, there's places where it's so nice to have support for ourselves Absolutely, and not have to always try and support ourselves. And there's always going to be places in our life where we can continue to grow, even in being a teacher, the amount of classes I've taught. So I really invite people to explore that of like, what else is possible? Where can I invite in support? You know, yeah. where can I invite in connection and, you know, I, I love receiving work, not just yes. being the service. And I love going and having body work, you know, mm-hmm. yep. so to best empower us in service is also to make sure that we are opening to receive. Correct. That's one thing of the archetype of healers is so often people step into service and they stop opening up to receiving.
1: Exactly. That that energy is also, when we stop open to receiving, that cuts off our expansion. If we block off our receiving, then we've decided that we can't have anymore. We can't grow anymore. We can't experience more. We can't witness anymore. And <laughs> I, I'm so happy that you you came to the, the, the recording today with the question of what else is possible, because it really, really, really truly is kind of the antidote for all these scenarios. You know, when you're unwilling to receive or you perceive a blockage in your receiving, ask, you know, hey, look, I recognize that I am unwilling to receive in this area. What would it take for me? What would be possible? What else is possible here in my allowance to expand through the limitations so that I could, I could receive? And and also, don't judge yourself for not being able to receive. How many of us are like, oh, I can't receive. I'm such a bad receiver. I'm such a horrible spiritual person. I can't believe it. Instead of just asking a question, hey, you know what? I acknowledge that I am have an interesting point of view that it's a little challenging for me to receive right now. What would it take for me to receive more? What would it take? What would it take?
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's been Beautiful having you on here and I love every minute that I get with you. Thank you, Eric. Me too. For all of our listeners, you can find
1: more on Daniel Tuttle at The Provocative Intuitive. My website theprovocativeintuitive.com will have all the information you need to find me, but my Instagram is now my name Daniel Tuttle CF as in certified facilitator. Daniel Tuttle CF on Instagram and the Provocative Intuitive on Facebook. Exactly. We are mythic life, free thinkers, deep feelers,
0: courageous trailblazers. We own our myth with our vibes, how we think, feel, and act. We believe that love is a given, not something earned, that spiritual is sexy, kindness is cool, and earth is sacred, that everybody has superpowers and life is too boring without magic. We walk our talk, and when life gets real, we heal. We choose our path and make it epic. Today, we have been joined by the epic, mythical, magic man, Daniel Tuttle. Thank you so much for joining us today, Daniel.
1: Eric, thank you for having me, and thank you to everybody. We look forward to seeing you on the journey. Thank you for joining us. If you want
0: to hear more, subscribe to the podcast. To learn more about Mythic Life, head to our website at mythiclife.com. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Mythic Life and check out our YouTube channel at Mythic Life. Episodes will be on the second and fourth Monday of the month. Our next guest is Cece Treadway.